Welcome back to the Wake Up and Be a Wealthy show. I'm here with one of my favorite Canadians, uh, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Yes. And we are talking how to detox from the corporate mindset that makes your success feel impossible and what to do about it. I like want to know all of the things. So you're the CEO of the corporate rehab coaching and consulting. We've worked together in the past. Sarah is like a hidden gem all the way from Canada. That is just, (laughs) you're a classy woman, but you're sassy at the same time. You're classy and sassy and I'm classy and sassy (laughs) and a mama, all the things. So for those that don't know you, who is Sarah? Tell us a little bit more about your story and how you got to where you are today. Uh, well, thank you very much. So yes, my name is Sarah Khan. I am everybody's emotional support Canadian. I'm here for you no matter what. Um, I am an ex-corporate. So I'm a corporate escapee, um, a 25-year-long career in corporate. And it just kind of came to a point where, you know, all of the things that I had believed in for so long were starting to get harder and harder to believe in. And I, I know a lot of people can relate to that. And I'm not going to bore you with like the really long story of how, you know, I, I came into entrepreneurship, but let's just say that, you know, what push came to shove and I really felt like I needed to leave. Um, second time being laid off after getting pregnant was just, you know, one of the many, many chips that fell and, and kind of pushed us to this decision. Um, when I started entrepreneurship though have and and it's funny because part of my corporate career was teaching in a private college and I taught entrepreneurship so you would think me starting a business this is going to be super easy it's the absolute uh next step that makes the best sense and I came into entrepreneurship you know with multiple decades of experience having worked in senior management worked as an executive and the very first thing I did was be a VA in someone else's business nothing wrong with that. But I know for a lot of women who are leaving corporate, it's like, well, what other option do I have? When you come into this space, it's very different than the corporate environment. It's very different than um, brick and mortar business. And what I, what I found when I started was I was still stuck in the corporate mindset. And by that, I mean, still feeling like I had to be at my desk from nine to five, still feeling like I worked for my clients, all of these things. And I was replicating the job that I left in my business. And so making that shift from corporate escapee to, you know, full-fledged entrepreneur, CEO of my own business in charge of myself, that was a really long process. It took me several years. And so that's what I work with other women now to try and help them either speed up that process or avoid it altogether. Was there a turning point for you where you like realized your habits were translating to entrepreneurship and you're like, uh, this is not serving me? Like, was there a wake up call or what, what made you realize that you had to change your ways? Honestly, it was my kids. Um, the, the, the most learning I did was probably during the lockdown when, you know, we were working from home and my kids were home. And one of the big reasons I needed to leave corporate was because I was tired of having to put my kids second all the time. And I remember um, very distinctly, I was having a, a client meeting and, you know, whenever my clients were meeting with me, I'd, I'd ask my kids to go hide in a room or I'd ask my husband to take them and you know, entertain them downstairs and everybody be quiet and don't make any noise. And my toddler was just not having it this one day. And she 
escaped from, you know, from the room that we had her in. She came screaming down the hall. She jumped into my, and she wanted a hug. She just wanted a hug from mom. And I'm on this really important client meeting. And my immediate response to that was this feeling of, oh my God, I am so sorry. And, you know, hiding her and muting her and making all the apologies and trying to, you know, get my husband to take her and she's screaming. And it was just, it was chaos. And it was in that moment that I thought, what the heck am I doing? Like, this was the whole reason I wanted to go into business for myself. And that was the day I realized that, you know what, I cannot make apologies for my kids anymore. I cannot apologize for being a mom anymore. And that was the, the first domino that fell in this realization that I had to change a lot about what I was doing. I was working longer hours than I was in corporate, which, you know, sometimes is expected when you're starting a business, but I was, I was seeing my kids even less now that I was at home with them all day long. And that was really kind of the wake up call for me that something had to give. Like I was, I was basically, like I said, replicating my job in my business and it had to stop. And working more hours, like you mentioned. And working more hours. Yeah, and you're like, why, why did I do this? Like, this is, I just made my job even harder. My life I went, was harder. I went from working nine to five to 24 seven. It was, you know, awesome trade-off. <laughs> it is that uh, the grass is always greener on the other side mentality of you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to leave my nine to five and have so much free time. And you can, oh, yeah. you can yeah. but it, it is a slippery slope. You have to be very very intentional and have lots of boundaries and discipline in place because it is very easy just to pop open that phone and check the dms or check the emails and check and facebook or instagram and there you go you're out exactly you know yeah so so you, you you said at the beginning how to detox so how do we detox we we have that epiphany we realize this is not serving me my family my business even my clients so how do we start to undo that and detox? So there's three sort of, I guess, overarching steps. And there's a lot of like mini steps that come under this. But um, what I had realized over the last few years is that a lot of how I was showing up in my business was really <clears throat> a projection of how I was showing up in corporate. So there was this idea of you know, X, Y, Z equals professionalism and communication has to happen in this way. And it's funny because I have a client that you'll, you'll know, and she would always make fun of me um, because I would send her emails and say, you know, things like um, with respect to yesterday's conversation. And she's like, dude, <laughs> you know, dude. we're why that's, that's such corporate speak, right? So having to unlearn all of that was really a process, but there's, there's three things that I think really, really helped me to pinpoint where it was that my corporate persona was still showing up. And when I was able to do these three things, it, it just felt so freeing. And now I am more aligned with the things that I want to do in my business. I'm more aligned with the right clients. I'm happier. Things feel easier. So the, the very first thing <clears throat> is gaining clarity on your values, your goals, and your definition of success, because one of the things that I know that I see a lot in my clients is they'll come out of corporate and how they define success. You know, the things they feel like they need to achieve still very much reflect what they were programmed to believe in corporate. So there's a certain monetary figure or a certain uh, lifestyle that you have to live or, you know, there, there's the values that they hold tend to really be values that maybe their, their department held or their organization held, and they might not believe them 
or they might not have really upheld them. And so looking at that, getting real clarity on, you know, what does success look like for you? Maybe it's six figures, maybe it's five figures, maybe it's not figures at all. Maybe it's working in your business four hours a day instead of eight. Like you have to define what that looks like. The second step is really embracing and acknowledging and embodying your experience and your knowledge. You don't have to come into entrepreneurship and start from scratch. So really looking at, you know, what is the breadth of my experience? What have I really done? Because one of the things that I'm sure a lot of people relate to is that when you're working for an organization, you are defined by your job title. And it's a very, very narrow window. And so you look at that job title and that's, that's basically how you see yourself and you disregard all of the amazing things that you're capable of doing. And you disregard a lot of the things that you're interested in doing and interested in learning because they didn't support that particular career path that your management set you on. So looking at that and understanding, you know, I'm actually interested in this. I'm really good at this. Now is an opportunity for me to explore these different facets of myself right? That will help you get out of that corporate mentality as well. And then the third thing, and this is probably the hardest thing, is reconnecting with those parts and pieces of yourself, your persona that were silenced for so many years. Like how many women do you know who were spoken over in board meetings and so learn to be quiet, learn to keep their opinions to themselves? How many women, um, you know, learned to dress a certain way or think that in order to show up, I had to be, can I swear on the podcast? Is that okay? Hell yeah, you can. <laughs> Come on, they learned, a question. <laughs> <laughs> they learned, you know, that, that um, being assertive was synonymous with being a bitch and that was not acceptable. And so there's, there's a fear of standing up for themselves or, or holding boundaries. And so there's this whole level of really rediscovering who you are at the absolute core essence of yourself. And that's, that's usually the persona that has been whispering in the back of your mind, it's time to go. It's time to go. That resistance that you feel, that pull that you feel, that's the real you that is tired of being silenced and spoken over and told to go sit in a corner quietly. And it's, it's basically the person that, doesn't want a seat at anyone else's table. It's the one who's like, you know what? I'm going to build my own damn table now. And so when you're able to reconnect with her, suddenly it's like the lights just go on and you see all of the places where your corporate experience, as good as it may have been, has also been holding you back. And when you can do those three things and you can really embody all of the things that you learn in that journey, suddenly you have the business of your dreams you're working with clients that you really align with. You have a really clear picture of success and everything, like I said, feels easy. And that's what you want. It's not simple, but it can be very, very easy. I love that. When you left your job, a lot of times I hear from so many women, they're like, I am terrified that I, you know, I want to be able to financially be able to support myself. So I need to like replace my income, which mm -hmm. is also challenging because you're working full time and trying to start your business or grow your business, were you fearful? Like, did you have any resistance around like the financial aspect or did you just leap and then that appeared? Like what, from a financial aspect, um, talk to us about that. Like, were you- Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because for the first 
year of my business, I was still working full time in my corporate job. And, you know, you're, it's, it's what I call a nooks and crannies business at that point. Cause you're, you're basically working on your lunch hour before you go to work or when the kids are in bed. And so you are actually, you know, working a lot harder, but you're also, I think at that point, feeling like you have to take every single opportunity that comes across your path, not saying that's a bad thing, but sometimes a lot of times you're actually taking on work that you know you're really not interested in it doesn't align with you and there's this this just feeling of desperation and for me it was really challenging because you know i i didn't like a lot of the work that i was doing and so before i and you know and it wasn't that i couldn't do it it's just that i wasn't it didn't light me up right and there's this whole conversation about, well, sometimes you need to do things that you don't like to pay the bills. I totally get that. And I agree with that. But if you can figure out where your expertise intersects with the kinds of things that you can actually offer clients and you can, you can come up with something that actually lights you up, isn't that better? Because then you're able to make more money because you're doing the thing that you love and you're able to leverage it in a different way. And so, yeah, in the beginning, it was, it was really challenging for me. So what I will say from a very practical standpoint is as, as desperate as you may feel to leave your, your job, have something in reserve until you're able to build up a client portfolio that can help slowly start to replace that. Like I would never advocate just like when I was teaching on like, you know, business and entrepreneurship, I would never say to a student, don't quit your current job till you have another one lined up. I would say the same to you. Don't quit your current job until you have some kind of financial cushion or you've got some kind of steady income coming in. Um, and I'm sure you'll agree, like make sure you have a very clear idea of what you need to make every month so that you have a very clear idea of what, you know, how many clients you need and how much you need to charge and what your services need to look like. Because entrepreneurship is like a siren song. It's, it's got such an appeal to it and people are so excited to, you know, have that freedom and come out and work for themselves. And I'm going to make lots of money. And there's still a lot of work that has to go into it. And you still have to understand where that money is going to come from. So have a plan before you leap. That's, that's probably my best advice. I love that. Well, and everyone's financial risk tolerance is different and everyone's lifestyle is different. And so, absolutely. but I think, you know, when people are wanting like a, like to replace their, their income, I'm, I coach them through, you know, well, let's have to your point, like, let's have a nest egg. So we have a runway because Mm -hmm. like trying to get fixated on replacing your income when you, for like the nooks and crannies of the time is not always realistic. You can't do your best quality work and expect, you know, 10k 20k months whatever it may be yeah nooks and crannies it's not always realistic and so i i like the the nest egg mentality because then you've got a runway i would never want somebody to leave and be like oh shit if i don't get clients (laughs) today i'm like sol i gotta Um, go back to my job yeah exactly exactly so you know have i i like the mindset of like okay how much am I spending, you know, um, per month? Let me get three months saved up. Cause then you've got a target, like three months is doable. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say that's nine K or something like that. Like you could build your, your business up to a nine K bank account, maybe even 10 K pretty quickly if your expenses were really low. And so absolutely. That and was- you can also, you can also kind of work like you can, you can start your business and use that income as your savings, your right. nest egg you know, so that you can leave. And what I would also suggest is, you know, in those first months when you're starting the business, don't immediately, 
you know, try and come up with a portfolio of services, actually start to build out the foundations of your business. That's the piece that a lot of people skip over because it's not the sexy piece and it's not, you know, it's not the one that makes you the most money immediately, but it's going to set you up for success in the longer term because you're going to have that foundation built. You're going to understand, you know, um, you know, the legalities of your business, the, the financial planning, all of the, all of the stuff that is critical to keeping you afloat when your clients, you know, fluctuate or, um, your cash flow isn't as consistent as you'd like. You know, you're not going to run screaming for the hills because you don't know what to do next. Absolutely. Was your hubby on board or was there any resistance there? Like when you said, I'm quitting my job. <laughs> oh gosh, no. My husband has always been 100% on board. He's always been very like, do whatever makes you happy. Um, but also from a pragmatic standpoint, you know, it was very much like, but let's, you know, let's make sure we have a plan. Um you know, thankfully he, he has a really, really good job and he's, he's able to cover some things if I'm not, but you know, we're a team. And so I don't ever make decisions without running them by him first. Cause I don't think that that's fair. Yeah. I love that though. Like have a plan, but let's, let's make you happy. Cause that is important. Is there anything that you would go back and tell your past self? Like when, when she was wanting to leave, like any advice that you would tell her? Oh yeah. You know what? You don't need any more education. <laughs> um, and I, and I, I want to qualify that though, because some people are going to hear that and say, okay, I'll never have to take another course again or whatever, but no, it's not what I mean. Um, one of the things that I, I worked in an environment that was very, very um, competitive in terms of like how many certifications you could get and how many letters you could put behind your name. And so when I came into business um, for myself, that was something that had stuck with me. And I felt like I had to take every single certification, every single course that was offered before I felt legitimate as an entrepreneur. And so if I could go back and tell myself that, girl, you have more than enough experience to get started and you can take courses more strategically than just kind of consuming everything that comes across your path, you're good. So that would probably be my best advice for myself. I love that. It's also <laughs> a stalling mechanism too. Like, oh, I'm going like, to yeah. learn all the things and stay safe over here. Then get into sales and marketing and building the foundations, how you were talking about earlier. Yeah. I call that educational constipation, right? You just, <laughs> we just get so stuffed with like education and learning. And then we just, we, we can't do anything with it because that's the other problem, right? Like you get, you get too much knowledge from too many different places and you have no idea which of those pieces to act on. So take action first and then figure out what the gaps are and fill them with, with education strategically. Thank you for saying that. I didn't say, <laughs> say that here. It is so important. Implementation is how businesses are built. It's the execution that absolutely most people struggle with, but is this, it is the secret sauce. It is the backbone of every business and it's huge. So I love this. Okay. So where can people find you? How can they connect with you? What do you have going on? Like what type of clients do you look for? Like, tell us all the things. Oh gosh. So the best place to find me is either on Facebook, the.sarah.con, K-H-A-N. Um, just, you know, stalk me on, uh, stalk me on Facebook, or you can find me on Instagram, um, corporate.rehab. Um, what we've got going on right now, I'm actually um, opening up more spaces in July to work with women who are 
you know, they, they've started their business, but they haven't really built it out yet and are really looking to kind of not only build out the foundation of their business, but develop that leadership side. So really exploring what kind of a leader am I? What kind of a business owner am I? Um, what can I develop in myself? And, you know, how can I really connect with my true voice? Because when you get to this point, you don't want to sound like everybody else. And so we work on things like your, your messaging, we work on your operational foundations, but we also work on really reconnecting with yourself so that when you are talking and you are marketing and you're on social, you're speaking from your heart and you're very aligned with what, you know, what you want to say. So um, if anybody is interested in learning more, just drop me a DM or just connect with me on social. I'm happy to talk it through with you. Yes. And you will not regret it at all. And your posts and reels are always so spicy, as I like to say. <laughs> like, Sarah keeps it real, but she has such a kind heart at the same time. So I love, we've got the, the sweet and the spicy. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Um, so the last question I want to ask you before we end for today is what does wealth mean to you? Ooh, wealth means peace. Ooh right? Peace of mind, peace of heart, um, being able to, you know, it's, it's freedom, but in so many different ways, right? Freedom to spend your time how you want, freedom to explore the pieces and parts of yourself that you have always wanted to, freedom to say no, you know, and, and the freedom to never be told no, because you've, you've got the means to do it for yourself. That is so good. I don't know if anyone has said peace on the podcast. So that's a new one. I like it. I like oh, it yeah. a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> drop Sarah a DM, give her some love on social. Uh, you will not regret it. She is one of my favorite humans ever. So thanks for coming Thank on the you. podcast. My pleasure. All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon, friend. All right. Bye.